0: Welcome to Overboost 15. Overboost is a podcast interview series featuring discussions with speedrunners about their history in speedrunning and gaming and the runs they're passionate about. I am your host, PMC Trilogy, and with me today is Jabbo. Jabbo, thank Hello. you for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, dude. No, I'm really, really delighted to get some some delicious I I feel like I've been lacking enough like RPG stuff, and especially to get something with Fallout in here. Uh, is really exciting and I always like to start with current events and I know recently you did something uh, that I thought was uh, very cool which was that you got involved with the uh, the QuakeCon at Home broadcast and I was wondering if you could kind of uh, talk about how you got involved in that and what you did for that event this uh, honestly this is a case of like so uh, I would like to
1: say that that was all me but it w- really wasn't uh, I'm big friends with uh, current Twitch stuff a uh, member whose, na- whose name's Joe, used to go by Henny Joe, and uh, he knows, like, quite a few people around the London area, and Bethesda have a headquarters in the in the London area, and it was Ophelia Noir, uh, I believe that's how you he say her name, she's a community manager at Bethesda, and I, I, I always had this idea that, because Beth- Bethesda really, like, pushed their uh, Twitch channel, right? They they really push it, they, they do a lot of community content, and I had this idea that... Uh, if I could get in contact with them, I'd be like, look, uh, you know, just get me down for a weekend and let me show off some runs and it, it would be like having anybody else on except it's speedrun based. I can keep the speedruns like, you know, topical and not necessarily, you know, showcase how broken the game is or whatever. Uh but um but yeah, that happened. And then COVID we were actually planning on doing something like that. Then COVID happened. COVID just absolutely ruined it. Uh but instead they they gave me the backup of QuakeCon, which was really cool because QuakeCon was like I'd heard about them having speedrunners before, but I don't think I'd ever seen Fallout at QuakeCon before. Usually it was like very new games, and obviously a new Fallout game hasn't came out in a while, so the fact that they had a Fallout at QuakeCon this year was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, I i feel like I remember seeing uh some of like the FPS stuff at at Pass. I mean, surprise, right? Quake. Yeah. QuakeCon, you know, seeing uh stuff like that. But to see the the Fallout stuff brought into it as well was was neat. And I, I think, you know for, uh, I'll, I'll link the uh, the times. It was a little hard to find, actually, because I don't know if, if Bethesda is going to be posting individual VODs, but I had to go into the past broadcast uh, to find it. Um, but I just was curious, but the, so the format of it ended up being that you were on a call with the community manager and you were sort of going over a pre-recorded run. Was that what's going on? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, so... I pre-recorded the
1: run. I got a run... So, uh, first of all, the, the run's in French, but we had to change it to English, so it was slower than normal. Then I had to record a run uh, on my own, which was obviously good enough. It took me a while to get a good run, actually, because usually... The way I work is the more I don't have to think about a run, the better I am because, you know, muscle memory. But when you have to actually actively think about things, I always start messing everything up. So it took me a while to get a run. Then I had to send the run over to uh, Ophelia, who then, you know, checked for it to make sure that the run was fine. She got rid of all of the loading screens, so it was shorter in length. And then we watched it on Discord and just basically called back for it. And, yeah, then she put it over the video.
0: Cool. No, I mean, that's, that's neat. I mean... So do you feel like overall it was uh, it was a po- I'm obviously not the ideal not the original plan but it was still a good experience in the end uh
1: the the entire way it was set up was perfect um I, I the way it was executed was a bit like i was a bit let down because i don't know if you watched the entire run but uh they the run got like cut off due to technical issues yeah i,
0: I saw that i wasn't sure if that was just because you know it was just a limited amount of time period or if there were technical problems
1: uh i have a f- I have a theory. I think they added the video as a media source, and if you have a media source on OBS, you shouldn't have it be over, like, half an hour because then it starts messing up. Uh, And I think that's what they did with the video, and then the video cut out, and they couldn't get back up again. But the actual, like... That's not really, like... I don't really care too much because it's technical issues. It wasn't, like... Having the opportunity was pretty cool in itself, and... You know, I got show it off to my, my the full run off to my viewers anyways, because I got sent the run. But uh, no, I actually liked the format a lot. I, I was a huge fan of the format because <clears throat> what you had was Ophelia wasn't super knowledgeable on Fallout, right? So it created really interesting dialogue because you have a runner who pretty much knows everything about the game. Then you have someone who, who does know the game, knows like premises of the game, has played the game before, but isn't super indulged in the lore slash content. And the conversation back to back was just amazing. Like having she would ask questions that the audience would ask and it would make it easier to explain them. Like, I feel like have you did you watch you watch GDQ, right? Did you see the the Doom Eternal run with Meta? When meta, mm-hmm. when meta was commentating that was probably one of the best runs at this gdq and i feel like that was primarily because meta hadn't been fully updated with the strats and it made some really interesting dialogue back to back about how things had changed and it made it interesting because as a viewer you don't fully know the speed run but getting like pulled in from an outside perspective really helps and that's what i feel he did for me and that's what meta did for the bloodshot run at gdq uh but i like the format of having someone who asks the questions that the audience would ask that makes sense
0: yeah, I, I think that's the that's a good idea. It's a it's an issue of of sort of like l- the literacy to ask you know questions that are on the right track, but of course you know not knowing everything already yourself, and so you really get to sort of uh, track closer to things.
1: Yeah, and you get a more raw reaction too, because if you know everything, you you know you just, you'll ask the questions, but more out of just asking the questions. Whereas if you genuinely don't know, you've got an interest, right? It's I just feel like it was better.
0: Yeah. No. All right, let's go. Let's go back in time. Let's get the origin story here. Okay. How does gaming start for you?
1: Oh, gaming. Okay. So this goes back to my childhood. Uh, I was born in a huge family. Uh, you're probably not gonna believe this. It was six brothers, no, six boys, five girls, five brothers, five sisters. So I'm one of the boys, of course. Uh, huge family. We we didn't really have a lot of money, so I never had the the current gen console. But I was always set back a year, a couple of years. So I started off with a Sega, which is, you know, for somebody in, like, 2003, 4, as a kid, having a Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis, as it's called in America, was just stupid. But, like, that's what I was raised up on. Then an N64, then a GameCube, and it was like... I I kind of felt like I was back and, like, delayed, but I felt like it was a really good thing for me because it meant I had got to go through more generations of games, and I could appreciate more games. Uh, So that was cool. But it also meant that I was kind of ridiculed by my friends because they were like, oh, let's play COD tonight, and I was like, eh... I'm off to go play Metroid Prime cuz that's the console I have at home. But yeah, that's how gaming were you, started.
0: Were you competing for time on the consoles with your siblings then? Was that a, a source of of difficulty?
1: <clears throat> no, no, speedrunning never came into the question until I was like until I think No, it was no, no,
0: no, no I, I don't mean like I meant <laughs> I don't mean competing <laughs> times. I meant competing for time to play the console period.
1: Uh yes, that was a huge problem in our in our house like so the GameCube was the only console out of the like the the first few that was mine and I barely played it because my brother would come into my room just like hey get out and you know what am I supposed to do about it I've got two older brothers who are like strong-arming me out of the room I can't play my games that happened a lot but I would be left with the Sega and it was it was pretty good
0: Now do you are did you end up being in in possession of any of these items or oh
1: dude you have they still around man. Oh my <laughs> uh, I actually talk about this a lot and it's like one of my biggest <laughs> hatreds And I I don't think I'll ever forgive my mom for this. She gave my N64 plus 20 games uh, and the worst part was uh, it was SM64 and the Mario Kart 64 both had the boxes. She gave them away for free. And she gave away the Sega Mega Drive. And I think it had like 70 plus games for free too. I I, I don't... I just came home from school one day. It was gone. She was like, it was cluttering your room. I had to get rid of it. I I was so mad, honestly. And yeah, I
0: I still haven't forgiven him for that. I I haven't seen them since. Yo, that's rough. It I <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've ever heard that one before. I, you know, I, I ask that question a lot, and I usually get various versions of, you know, it's lost in a box, or it just stopped working, or I, you know, I sold it to buy a newer thing. Oh, but the, uh, you know, the straight up giving it away, especially so many games too. You know, like it. I feel like if you only have a few games, maybe maybe it really is just clutter. But it sounds like you know the the you you and your siblings had a substantial library of, of cartridges.
1: This was when when you were a kid and you were in a large family like that. You know, that was, not to say, it, but that was my life, right? And to have it just given away, was it sucked. But, uh, I mean, a- as a kid at the time, I wasn't too super bothered, right? Because I had, I think at that time I had an Xbox 360, so I was playing games with my friends at that time. But there was a part inside of me that I always wanted to keep those consoles for when I was older. I always knew that that was something I wanted to do, and just to have it go away like that sucked.
0: Now, I want to ask, the games that we're going to be discussing, you know, Fallout 3, 4, Outer Worlds, are very... I mean, they're available on on console, but I I feel like most people I know think of them as very PC-centric games. Mm. Uh, At what point did you uh, get into PC gaming? Because I feel like that's sort of one of the issues about PC gaming is that, you know, having a computer that can play games can be an expensive proposition.
1: Yeah, I'd say nowadays it's more viable, right? You you can probably buy like a hundred pound, like two hundred dollar PC and play like a majority of games. Right. Maybe not high end games, but you you could probably get away with playing like a lot of RPGs, a lot of games like that. Uh I got into so I always wanted a PC but I could never afford it. And uh I had to wait till I was I think it was 17 till I got my PC. Yeah, no it was. It was 17 I got my PC and a year later is when I think I started streaming. And I, I'm sorry. i mainly got into... I actually remember getting a PC because I wanted to play League of Legends. <laughs> oh, no. But, I, but like, oh. I was introduced to Fallout and Bethesda games way before that in the 360s. So it wasn't like that was... I just... I didn't think... To me, at the time, it was kind of alien to play, like, those games on PC. And you don't realize till you play them on PC how much better they are, right? But no, mm-hmm. I, I did want a PC. It was for League and CS:GO that I wanted a PC because my friends are playing it, right? My friends are playing these games, and I just I just wanted to be involved with what was going on, and that's why I I I think I remember it was I, I saved my birthday and my Christmas money to get a PC
0: just to play League with my friends. Are you? Do you still play a lot of League? Are you still big into League and CS:GO, or was that was that a pretty temporary thing? It was a
1: huge part of my life, like three to four years, but I ditched it recently because it's not very productive. Um, League specifically, CSGO, like, I don't play CSGO anymore, but I play Valorant a bit. It's more just, that's more like a recreational thing, but I did obsessively play League for like three years of my life, and if I could have went, if I could go back in time and stop myself, I would, but um, it's one of those things where like, you know, it, you just enjoy it, you just do it, and I remember grinding, I reached plat, like that means anything, <laughs> but then I ditched it and yeah that that was I don't, I don't play them anymore I play ARAM every now and then just again recreationally when I've got nothing to do with my time
0: no I mean honestly it's it sounds like the MOBA stuff is, is healthier a little bit healthier these days that you can say something like that you can play it recreationally just my my framework for understanding MOBAs is that I only played MOBAs for two years and that was like 2004 to 2006 when it was Dota the original Dota hmm um, and so it's, it's, and that was not a, <laughs> not a healthy environment. It's so, yeah, uh,
1: it's, uh, MOBAs tend not to be for like the first two years. I don't, I don't find, I feel like people obsessively play them because they have this, you, you tend to see yourself improve when you play the game. So you get addicted to playing it, right? It's, it's, e- I think like with MOBAs, it's easier to see yourself improving uh, as you play the game.
0: So, all right. So let's bu- let's now get to talking about speedrunning. Uh what was your f- how did you first learn about speedrunning?
1: AGDQ 2012. I think it was 2012. It was the it was the one that had Siglemic turn up on camera for the first time. And I remember just I remember watching it and being like ev- everybody in the chat was just getting excited and I was like who is this guy? Siglemic? Like everyone was getting excited for him to come up on stream and then he came up on stream and everyone got like super hyped about it and I just I was like, okay. Uh, but I remember loving that run of uh, Super Mario. Absolutely. And it, just the entire event in general, just so connected with me. I just, I thought it was really entertaining and I felt like it was, uh, the idea of getting a game that was not competitive and making it competitive sounded fun. So yeah, I got dragged in through, through, I feel like everybody's going to say the same thing, GDQ, but yeah, it was GDQ.
0: I mean, GDQ is a popular answer, but it, what's really interested me about it is the the range of dates. You know, like I, I think I'm there kind of with you. Like I very much remember the summer of 2012 as being the summer of Siglamic and watching Siglamic streams. Uh, but it's interesting. There's a range of years, you know, on this podcast where we get answers for uh, when when did GDQ uh, pull them into speedrunning. Now, after that first taste, uh, uh, SGDQ 2012. Did you then immediately start uh, regularly consuming Twitch streaming, or did it? Did you take a take take a step back before coming back to watching speedrun streams?
1: So I think it was, was it Justin TV in 2012. I can't remember. Uh,
0: I think it's the spring of 2012 when it changes over because from, from Justin to Twitch. I remember watching stuff on Justin. I was always I've always been
1: in the stream, like watching streams. It was just more of like gdq was on and people were watching it and i was just getting pulled into it uh but no twitch was it, justin twitch was always something that i was interested in and gdq was just this thing that i thought oh this comes up every six to 12 months i'll i'll watch it and just enjoy it uh but yeah twitch twitch was like you know day-to-day kind of thing
0: i see i always mess this up it was introduced in june 2011 as a spin-off of justin tv here you go so i always think it's 2012 but it's actually 2011
1: yeah, I can't like, dude. That's a blur to me. Don't, like anything. <laughs> no, the only thing I remember I of 2012 is the Olympics. I think.
0: Yeah, 20, I don't know. It's I 2012. What? How long ago was it? What is time? <sighs> Eight years ago. S- yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, we've been in the same month for about six months now. Is it still March? Uh, but that, yeah, it's still March, <laughs> as far as I can tell. At least, at least in America, uh, USA. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So, at what point did you decide? Hey, I can actually. You already mentioned that you'd gotten a, a PC initially when you were um, what in twenty in twenty seventeen or was it when you were seventeen? It was when I was seventeen. When you were seventeen, so that would have uh, been. You, I mean, you don't have to dox yourself.
1: I'm oh, dude. I'm twenty three. <laughs> I mean, look. Uh, that was twenty fourteen when I got a PC.
0: Okay, so at that point, you um, were you already? ready to do speedruns yourself or had you not yet taken the plunge
1: so <clears throat> speedrunning i it was something i tried with fable 2 back from 2012 to 2014 never seriously never recorded times i just did it i watched the speedrun i copied it i loved fable 2 fable 2 was a game that i absolutely just absolutely like adored for like so many years of my life and i remember just like sometimes i'd i'd, I'd uh like get my stopwatch out of my phone Turn on the console and just play for like two hours, three hours, and <clears throat> I would just document the times on like a piece of paper and just see the improvements. But it was never something I did seriously, and I never tried to like even go for world record. But um, but when I got my PC in 2014, I didn't actually think about speedrunning. I think I did. So, this was when I was 17. When I was 18, I moved to Scotland, which is where I live now. And I had, like, a year of my life where I was just, like, you know, in a phase where I didn't do anything. And I think that was when I just picked up... So, Super Mario 64, on an emulator, I just did, six, like, speedruns of it. Not even remotely close to what they, strats they use. It was just more recreationally. And, again, because I just wanted to, to pass the time. But it wasn't until I started streaming that I actually started properly speedrunning
0: now, was your, was your goal of streaming to do speedruns, or are you just streaming, you know, whatever you were playing at the time, League or anything? So, streaming was something that I took seriously from the get-go.
1: It was something that I was, like... I, I did, like, a couple weeks of streaming before that, where I just did, like, uh, Nintendo games and emulator, just to get used to the software. And But no, when I actually properly started streaming, it was something I always took seriously and felt like I could invest a lot of time into, because again, Twitch was like my life, right? Uh, well, it kind of still is, but uh it was more just, I really wanted to just try, and I, I felt like to myself, I got to ask the question of, I got to stream stuff that people want to watch, right? It's, the, the weird thing about Twitch is you got to find, if you don't find your own content entertaining, why would somebody else? So I thought to myself, what do I find entertaining, speedrunning, why don't I just do it? And it just so happened to be, I was... Honestly, just looking through my Steam library the day before I was going to go live and I just saw Fallout Free, and I was like, okay. And I learned the speedrun live on Twitch and then I did speedruns and then, you know, the rest is history.
0: And did, did Fallout 3 get, bi- get big for you right away? Like, do you do you feel like anything was particularly like sort of a, a, a breakout thing for you?
1: So the reason why I picked Fallout Free was I loved the game, first of all, of course. Second of all, uh, I noticed that nobody ran it anymore. So I just kind of I kind of looked at it and thought um, this if this isn't active you know, why? And why not just try it out to see if, uh, because it, at that point it's unique, right? If you're if no one's running it, if you're the only person running it, that's like a unique selling point. Why not give it a try? And uh, my view account I remember my view account just immediately being like 10 to 15 viewers. It was never like 0 to 10, you know? Uh, I was immediately 10 to 15 from what I remember. It was so long ago. But uh, from what I remember, it was 10 to 15. And that was during Any% and bubbleheads, which was my early days. Uh, that was the early days content that I did for like six to seven months. And uh, yeah.
0: No, I mean, that's that's great. Honestly, I, I think what you're saying, too, uh, counts for, for a lot, which is if, if you're coming to speedrunning with really thinking about it from a streaming perspective... Uh, and you're looking for opportunities to both stream and speedrun you know even if you think like oh well this game's been been done to death like you know i can't possibly you know do this this is already but like remember streaming is a is a real time product it's a real time entertainment content and you know people are interested in very popular well-loved games like Fallout 3 and so you know that's as you you've just said that's an opportunity there even if you think like oh i don't want to you know worry about getting the top time or or something like that you can still have fun with the game and you know and you know provide that entertainment for people who also share that interest in Fallout 3
1: yeah so i'm a huge fan of long speedruns and i remember just looking at Fallout 3 and thinking like the longer categories nobody touched no, like the only category people ran was any percent and I remember just looking, because, you know, I was at that time I remember just being a huge fan of Ocarina of Time and Zelda speedruns, and I always thought that the longer speedruns were much more entertaining. And I remember looking at Fallout 3 and thinking, why are these runs not getting touched? The, I watched the current records and they were entertaining. The person was who was running it was having a good time and they were talking to chat. I was like, why does nobody do this? Because, as far as I'm aware, Fallout's a pretty popular franchise. Why is this not being touched? And I've, I felt like I had found a diamond in the rough, right? Where... Not only was that, to be f- quite frank, free content, but it was also uh, a good run that was enjoyable to run and to watch, and nobody was doing it. So I just, I picked it up, and then I think it was like a year and a half, I just did nothing but speedrun Fallout Free*. Not any percent, though. Any percent I did for like a couple of weeks and just ditched because it was too short.
0: Yeah, no, and we'll, of course we'll get to that Yeah, So we'll be discussing a few runs in particular And Fallout 3 uh, 100% is, is one of those That we're going to get to, but before that I want to do some General sort of speedrun Hot take questions uh, Of all the runs that you've done Which is your favorite? Of all the runs I've done? Um,
1: I, I have the best memories from Outlast 2 Because that was when my channel first blew up Like on a severe scale but i think that's just down to the fact that it was you know the time and what was going on but i think my most enjoyable run probably would have to be fallout free 100% just because there's there's nothing that beats the the process of doing everything you can do in a game and the the good thing about fallout free is although there's a lot of like intense sections and there's a lot of tricks there is also downtime too where you can kind of just recoup and talk and just chill for a bit so it's like it's not too intense it's like a perfect mix it's ugh, I've, I haven't i been able to find a run like it since where like there's this perfect mix of downtime intense strats and
0: skill okay so then what's what's the flip side of that then of the runs that you've done what would you say is the least favorite
1: is my least favorite um I'm not a huge fan of short categories but I don't think that should that's like the category being bad uh, I would say my least favorite. This is a like I wasn't prepared for this. Was the least <laughs> my least favorite run. Um,
0: like, I'm not asking you to put a community on blast. You know you're.
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean I would probably say probably say Fallout Four. Any percent, any percent for Fallout Four sucks. And Tomato Ennis is gonna kill me for saying this, but I <laughs> absolutely hate it. He loves it, but like. There's two tricks I hate in speedering, and that's save warping and uh, like launch tricks that like get like zip you across the map. And Fallout Four has both those. Any percent does.
0: I mean, it does. It absolutely does. I'll I'll, I'll have to uh, I'll have to add him and make sure he listens to this part. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh no, dude. <laughs> so, all right. So, one more little, a uh, fun question, which is, what is uh, a game that? You would you would love to get around to to learning, but either you know you just haven't had the time, or you just feel that it's sort of incompatible with your channel right now.
1: Uh, Dark Souls Free. Th- that's I absolutely love the Dark Souls franchise. I love Dark Souls Free. I love Dark Souls Free speedrunning. Um, I've been like putting it off and putting it on the back burner for so long, but I want to learn either Dark Souls Free no hits or Dark Souls Free uh, Soul Level One glitchless all bosses. And the, the only reason why I haven't learned them is it, they just take a long time to learn. There's nothing to do with channel. I feel like I could make it work on my channel. Uh, my my audience has been pretty pretty nice with the content they watch, right? Because I, I do get away with playing a lot of, like, variety games. But um, I feel like Dark Souls 3 would be fine. It just takes a long time to learn, and, you know, with a lot going on right now, it's just not been the right time to do it.
0: All right, I have to... So I'm not, I'm not very much into Souls, <coughs> and I... I feel like I've heard some some people being down on Dark Souls Three. Is Dark Souls Three being your favorite? Is that considered a hot take in in among Souls fans, or is that just normal? I thought that was the normal
1: consent like I felt like that was okay. the the most general opinion. It was Dark Souls Three one, then two was like way back in the distance.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I, I think that's right. I, I always... I You know, I think I just have sort of an anecdotal uh, anomaly in that I know a bunch of people who got really mad at Dark Souls 3 I, in particular.
1: No, I absolutely love Dark Souls 3.
0: I, I don't think it's got the map design of Dark Souls 1 at
1: all because Dark Souls 1 has the best, like, level map layout, but just the world design of Dark Souls 3 and, like, the combat and everything, it's just a more polished and well-defined game.
0: Yeah. Alright, one more final general speedrunning question which is when it comes to speedrunning uh do you feel like you have a particular role or mission statement when it comes to speedrunning be that you know you're just focused on grinding attempts or you like routing uh uh, tricked you know glitch hunting etc so my actually i've got a good, good answer to this my initial quest or goal
1: was to bring interest into longer categories for fallout 'Cause Fallout Free again, I I felt like that was just an untapped like nobody paid attention to it for no reason. And I just wanted people to run it. That's all I wanted them to do. I just wanted to get people interested in running Fallout Free longer categories. And I I just wanted people to show an interest in it. And they they did eventually. But uh now it's in speedrunning, I think it's just more like I wanna enjoy myself, right? Uh I don't mind like I will go after World Records if I feel like I need to. I'll go after like I don't mind like putting pedal to the metal and like grinding. That's fine by me. But to me, it's just more about enjoying myself and having a good time.
0: No, that's, that's, that is always the most important thing. Uh, But also, I do like your, your answer there of, of bringing attention to sort of uh, an area or or I guess in this case, literally a category that's, that's underappreciated, which uh, I guess makes a perfect segue into talking about Fallout 3 100%. Uh, one thing I wanted to clarify so i I had watched your uh, fallout three one hundred percent, which is the I believe the world record the two fifty two forty. Uh,
1: I think that's the current world record, yeah,
0: okay. And one thing I wanted to ask so now it's it's pretty obvious from watching it uh, that that it it does have all of the the DLC in it. Was that just sort of an agreement by the community to always run this version of the game with all the DLC in it?
1: I mean, I, it was the category is called all matcha quests, I, I don't know what that means, but uh, it's basically just as much as you can get out of the game, I just thought that was 100% really and uh, yeah, I mean if you've got DLCs that actually add content to the game and a good variety of content, why not just chuck it in there, right? Why not just add it to the mix of what you're doing and complete in completing the game. It it just makes sense. It's like, it's like doing dark souls free, all bosses without the, the DLC. It doesn't make sense. Right. When you actually like look at it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Why not? Why? If your if your goal is to, is to do more and that's your, you know, your interest to do that. So you already kind of alluded to this, but in terms of a, of a category definition, uh, this category is fairly expansive because it's, it's a lot of, uh, items, a lot of, uh, bobbleheads, magazines, were you the person that uh, really did a lot of the routing for this, or had the work been done before you arrived? So, the at first, no. ProGaming Gaming with Ed did the entire routing himself,
1: as far as I'm aware. And uh, I just took his route and just, you know, improved on it and worked on it. But um, then we had a complete... I think it was like six to seven months into the, the running of, of the category. Uh, when I just got it under three hours, there was a complete reroute. And five minutes got shaved off the time, and if if I remember correctly, there was like a, a couple of weeks periods where it was just like nothing but route changes that happened, and uh, yeah, th- at that point it was just rerouting it, but that was fun. Um, but yeah, the the category itself has went through like two to three major changes, and now it just kind of stands
0: dormant. So then, like. All right. Well, let's maybe ask an open-ended question because I, you know, watching it, there's a there's a lot to talk about in terms of you know approaches to to different mechanics in the game. But I want to give you the the open-ended opportunity to just you know answer what's your favorite sort of trick or strategy in the run. Um, I think so. One of my favorite tricks is duping because
1: I love the idea of just duplicating like stuff and people just not knowing what you do, and then you have to show them. I, that's cool because we can duplicate like uh we duplicate Nuka Cola quantums for the quantum quest. We have the hand in thirty to uh, Sierra Petrova. So we don't have to actually collect them. We used to have to collect 30 quantums in the wasteland, which was like a lot of time loss. But now we just dupe them. And then we dupe Stim packs for health and stuff. But uh my favorite trick Um probably just the fact that you can quick save quick load for any wall in the game. yeah like you can just phase through pretty much everything like vault doors is one of my favorites because the vault door in the game is like two to three meters thick it's like six feet thick right it's huge but you just quick save quick load through it and you just get pushed through to the other side it's just stupid
0: now of course this is you know fallout 3 is an rpg game uh when it comes to you know elements of your your characters build uh you know stats attributes equipment uh what's what's important to being able to do everything quickly
1: Uh, There was was two things to note. Uh, So you had to play as a female because you get the Black Widow perk, which which lets you uh, get two dialogue checks, which would otherwise be 25%, which is RNG, and you don't want that in a run. So we'd play as a female to eliminate that. And then it would just be... So skills don't tend to matter too much unless you're talking about early game. Uh we need to take twenty-five explosives so we can defuse the bomb in Megaton. So I think that required oh, i I I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was like in Perception? Oh, I can't remember, dude. It's been so long since I've done Fallen Free. <laughs> but uh you do you do perception, then you take um you take the little league of perk, which gives you like extra explosive, and then you just defuse the bomb straight away. But other than that it's Pretty similar to every other Bethesda game, with the fact that like there's not much that your character creation actually does to impact uh, whether or not you can do stuff in the game. If that makes sense. Uh, how you build your character does impact that, but the starting character not so much.
0: Well, can you talk about then? Like as the as the, are there certain sort of breaks in the run where you really need to be, say, like level five by the time you get to X place?
1: Um, so you have to have like, 100 lockpick almost immediately to unlock doors that allow you to bypass certain areas. Uh, that's almost needed as soon as you leave, like, Mothership Zeta, which is in, like, the first 25 minutes. I, I could be getting this wrong, but I haven't done the run in a long time. Uh, other than that, speech was, was important because RNG... Because the way that Fallout 3's speech works is you don't need the speech level. It's just your you have a percentage percentage chance of succeeding so if you had 10 speech you had to like a 10% chance which you know you don't want that in a run you want it to be 100% because then you'd have to quick save quick load a lot and it would lose you a lot of time so what you would mainly do was just um, lockpick straight away to 100 then speech and then, you, and then I think you went for like explosives after that I, and for that was like for uh, that was for one mission in one of the DLCs if I remember correctly uh, but yeah, other than that, it wasn't anything really serious. There was animal friend. You have to take that as a perk to make sure animals don't stop you fast traveling. But uh, other than that, it was more like safety stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, obviously, you're 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 spending almost three hours uh, walking around. A lot of the stuff you mentioned makes sense. Um, but I, I you know, one of my questions was you already kind of answered earlier, which was just that as a as a speed run to stream. Uh, you know, there's some amount of time where you are walking from you know point A to point B uh, in terms of getting all the quests and the collectibles and whatnot, and it it seems like that does make for a pretty good streaming experience. But you had already said that, right?
1: Yeah, that that was again my favorite part of the run was you just talk, right? It just gives you perfect time to talk. You just yap 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 away. It's like you're running through the wasteland. It's great. Uh, there's no like there's very little amount of games that give you that as speedruns, and to me that was. What I wanted from a speedrun was a blank canvas to just, you know, go crazy with. And although the speedrun's cool and what you achieve is cool at the end of the day and the effort you put in is cool, uh, the alternative to that is you want to provide good day-by-day content so people are interested and they want to get involved in your community. So to make sure that you do that whilst also having an end goal which is achievable and entertaining to reach, uh, follow hundred percent Fallout Free, all quests, all DLCs, and all bobbleheads, like the separate categories, all provided that, which was perfect.
0: Cool. Now, with with Fallout Three, it, it sounds like from from you know, inferring things from from context of this interview that this particular category is not something that you've done specifically in a little bit. Uh, have do you have any plans to return to this category, or are there other parts of Fallout Three that you've been working on other categories?
1: Uh, no, Fallout Free has not been something I've touched in a long time. Um, Primarily because I have the records in, like, the categories I care about. And there's not much... There's only... Ugh, I, I'm pretty sure there's only, like, one runner who's radioactive. That is trying to beat my times. And the, as far as I'm concerned, uh, it, I'm pretty sure he's only doing that, in, like, sparingly. So it's not, like, the way I was back in the t- in the day. Which was, like, every day, every hour I was grinding. So... It's going to take him something huge to knock down my times, right? I just don't have much interest in it because there's no competition, and there was not much going on. It was just like it. It the ambition I had for Fallout Free that drove me to just knock down the times is gone, and I just moved on to something else.
0: No, I mean that that seems about right. I, I I tend to agree there that you know competition can be a, a primary factor, and you know with the absence of that, it's often time to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Um. But let's let's do that now. Let's let's talk about the experience of playing playing. You know, so you have your thing, your your shtick, your jam. Yep. that's Fallout Three, and uh, a new game that is very much aiming to be in that space in your in your sci-fi, you know, first-person, you know, uh, open-ended RPG shows up from the developer of New Vegas, Obsidian, when in the Outer Worlds, and. Were you were you on board with this, or, or did you just sort of like, well, I guess I should do this, you know, since it's sort of in my wheelhouse?
1: So here's the bane of being a Fallout runner, is there's not much content, right? There's not much new stuff that comes out. So you really struggle. When you're doing this every day, it's like, I remember seeing the release of Fallout 76, and I was kind of blindsided by it, because I really wanted it to be a good game because if it was a good game I had content for another year right I I had stuff that I could drive towards doing I had like potential for new audience members to join I just I really wanted the game to succeed not because I wanted the game to be good but because it was going to offer me stuff to do and stuff to achieve and stuff to go for and then 76 came out and ugh. but then um like I went through this phase of like jumping between runs, and I remember I did Sekiro for a short while, and that kind of sucked because like my audience just didn't click with Sekiro; they left, and I was just and I wasn't getting high times. And Sekiro is also not a game that gives you downtime, so I kind of felt like the magic was lost. Then Out of Wild, Out of Worlds came out, <laughs>
0: and <laughs> I was
1: yeah. I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of New Vegas. New Vegas is my favorite Fallout game. I love Obsidian. I love the work that they do. And I saw Outer Wild- Worlds, Jesus, I saw Outer Worlds and I was like, this is something I have to play, right? This is something I have to stream. This is something I have to get involved with from the get-go because the game looks great. The developers, I know are great. And if they're, d- they're going for a game that's kind of Fallout-esque in design, I want to jump on, t- on board. I want to be a part of that community, right? Because no, I f- I Yeah, think- that
0: makes sense. I mean, it all follows.
1: I think the main problem I had was with Fallout Three. I was late to the boat, right? I was yes late. Outer Worlds was an opportunity
0: to be the first to the door, and so like, do you feel that was ended up just being not as positive experience? That maybe you didn't really enjoy being there on the ground floor. Uh, what with Fallout Three, um, With Outer Worlds, because you, cause you said with Fallout Three you were you weren't there, you know, when when things first happened, and so you were late to that, whereas outer worlds you now had the opportunity to be there on the ground floor
1: yeah I I loved it I I loved like seeing people get interested in a game in real time and I loved seeing people you know share to me it opened up this like Pandora's box of routing a game as it comes out and it just like I loved it and it there's no experience like it when a new game comes out that people are excited for and then they start routing and you know this is here and this is there oh we found this trick and this trick's cool and that is like a very unique feeling right it's like when mario odyssey came out and like you have trihex streaming routing and then you have like uh you know all these other streamers just routing the game and it's just so fun because it's so hectic and there's so much going on it's yeah it was great i loved it
0: and so, how did how do you how did it shake out in in the long run in terms of because eventually you know I mean all that excitement I mean and, and I agree completely that the the excitement of, of picking up a game uh, a new game or a game that's previously been unrouted finding tricks applying those tricks and having a run shake out with and doing that with a group of other people especially of course with, with a big new game you're doing that with a sort of a large large group most likely. Uh, how do you feel about the any percent run that ultimately came out of this process?
1: I like the any percent run that came out of it it's just I'm not a fan of short runs i I've never been a fan of short runs I again like runs that are longer and the, I noticed that the more I like did runs of any percent and the sh- the smaller smaller the time became that I wasn't enjoying it not because the game was bad or that the run was bad it was just the duration of the run sucked um I wasn't a fan of it. No.
0: Now, did you end up sort of looking into maybe the same approach with this game that you took to Fallout 3 in that you wanted to explore longer categories? Yeah, I I pretty much did All Companions. Yeah, so I I routed
1: and ran All Companions, and uh, that was really fun for, like, a couple of weeks. But then it just went off because nobody was running it. Then again. Yeah,
0: I did did look into that, and I I watched that, that video, and I noticed that, like, it really seemed like there just weren't many other runs in that category, which seems strange because, you know, you're you're calling it a, a longer run, and it is a longer run than 80 percent, but it's still you know forty four sixteen, which is yeah. not too long, really. It, it's not, and it's also probably one of the easiest runs I've learned in my
1: life because you just go up to an NPC, talk to them, run to the next person. It's not hard. Uh, I was really disappointed with because I I mean this comes down to Outer Worlds, the game just felt like uh, like not a not a tech demo, it just felt like it was supposed to be part of something bigger. A lot of people were let down by that game. Not because the game was bad, just because the game just didn't have an, a lot and you can you can kinda see it in the speedruns because even the longer categories just aren't super long, right? And the the game itself just really struggled to like push speedrunners to, to, to routing and finding stuff out because stuff was pretty much laid out. The only thing that was kind of cool that we discovered was uh, the sun ending, which I actually remember, so the way that worked, it was like the third day of release was uh, somebody came in my chat. I, I can't even remember who it was because I don't even think they like followed or even watched me for more than that stream. And they just told me that if you had zero intelligence, you could fly into the sun. And it was uh, like a canon ending. And I remember we tried it out, and then that's when the run went from like 25 minutes to like 16 in like, the space of, you know, an hour. Uh that was cool, but that was pretty much the limit of what cool got from Outer Worlds.
0: I was I <laughs> I I hadn't quite figured out the context cuz you know of course you're you're skipping through dialogue so it's not always easy to, you know studying a speedrun and I I don't think I properly understood how that run worked and what what the ending yeah, was there. Yeah, so a I'm lot of people are sort of being ha- taken aback right now by like, oh, zero intelligence, so you fly into the sun, okay. So the way it works right.
1: is the run has like, so it has like free, I would say it's like a free part game. You have the first part game, which is the first area. Uh, you're mainly finding out about the area, you're playing the game, you're discovering how to play the game that your actions have consequences. You go to the secondary, which is much bigger. You have more to indulge in. Then you have the third act, which is, uh, getting on the hope ship, which is where you originally started and then flying it to, I forget where it is, but you fly it to like a station and you free the passengers of the hope. But if you choose to fly the ship yourself and not have the autopilot fly it, uh, usually under normal situations, nothing happens. But if you have zero intelligence, you fly it straight into the sun and it's a canon ending you get the credits and we just were like well if you get the credits it's a canon ending plus it's kind of cool because people are going to talk about it as well let's be real right uh you're not doing like you're flying a ship into the sun people are going to eat this up at like gdq and like other events this is great and it's canon too because you can explain it by the fact that there's credits and then we just we just went with it and it was great
0: no I mean that's that's a neat thing is right so would there be anything else in terms of this this run that you'd want to highlight in terms of a uh, build or things like that because I know you mentioned a lot of it is just going and talking to, to person in person but uh, like in terms of like the combat uh, you know if any particular equipment or anything like that
1: uh, there was one trick that was really cool where we found out if you stole an item and got an, a guard to walk over to a doorway he opened the doorway and it skipped like thirty percent of the game uh, that was cool. But again, the problem with this game is you don't use the combat period in the any percent speedrun, similar to Fallout 3 and similar to New Vegas and pretty much kind of similar to Fallout 4. Like, it's just something I don't like where you don't do the combat, you don't, you just skip everything and it's cool to watch in a one-off case, but to grind it as a speedrunner, it's not fun.
0: No, that's, that's extremely fair. It, that's one of those things where when you have such a short category, like I feel you hear this more often with categories that are like true sort of credits warps, you know, like the arbitrary code execution stuff. But I think yeah. it's also true of a, of a game like, you know, like a Fallout RPG where you can effectively ignore a substantial part of the game. And that's, you know, it's a part of the game that, y- that you enjoy and it kind of kind of kills some of it. Yeah, because
1: like speedrunning is people who enjoy the game, enjoying the game more, right? You just you're finding a new reason to play the game and if that new reason eliminates what you enjoy from the game, there's no you know, you're not gonna enjoy it. You're not gonna enjoy speedrunning if there's no combat. It's like the if you like, for example, I got involved with the Doom Eternal speedruns and when the any percent just became, you know, flying across the map and not doing any of the combat, I just was like, No, I don't wanna be a part of this because it's not not because the I don't have anything against it. I think it's totally mm-hmm. fine that runners do that. That's like, you know, you should do that. that if that's fast, do it. But it's, you know, I have the choice as to whether or not I run it. And I was like, no, this is... It's not what I enjoy about the game. And I, I have no interest in just grinding a category for a time. I It's for me, again, like I said earlier, it's just more about enjoying myself.
0: Now, with, with Outer Worlds, uh, would you... I. My guess is that it's probably a similar situation to Fallout 3 in which, you know, there isn't, for example, competition for, for all companions. Uh, do you have any plans to return to that game right now? Like, what if, if there were, maybe if there were competition or something like that?
1: Actually, I do. Um, so, like, I've been looking into YouTube lately. I think a lot of, a lot of streamers have because YouTube is what you want to get involved with, right? To grow your channel. Um yep. yep. And... I've been looking into setting up a premise where I try to get the percent world record in a week. So I'm like, you know, YouTube video. I try to get the world record in a week kind of thing. But like, I, you know, I think if you do a week of grinding, you could probably get close and it would make for like, and plus I do enjoy the percent run. So why not just do it for like a week, right? Uh, but other than that, no. Uh, the, there's a DLC coming out. I will probably oh, run yeah, that. There's a DLC, yeah. Yeah, I'll probably run the DLC. Uh, at least for a short while,
0: depending on how good the run is. But other than that, probably not, no. Uh, Would your plan be to run the DLC by itself or to incorporate it into something like an All Companions or Other Category?
1: Well, it depends what the DLC is, right? Mm Because the DLC could just be (laughs) a second, different alternative game. Or it could be like, you know, you have to do 90% of the game to access the DLC, which is what I hope it is, by the way, because it means Mm -hmm. the run would be longer. Uh, Right. But, uh, it, it, I mean, yeah, if the DLC involves companions and involves a lot of quests, you know, I could go that, down the Fallout 3 route and just include it in, and it hopefully, I hope the DLC is good. I have good faith that it will be. They've spent, a, like, a good while on it. I mean, Obsidian have been busy with, like, Grounded and a lot of the new games coming out, but, um yeah, I hope the DLC is good. Uh, if it is, I, I mean, regardless of whether or not it's good or not, I'll run it for a bit, play it at least, uh, but... Um, yeah, we have to wait and see what it actually involves.
0: Yeah, no, we'll just have we'll have to wait and see. All right, well, let's let's move on to the our third game here, uh, Fallout Four, and in particular, you've already talked about why you don't like <laughs> regular Fallout Four <laughs> any percent. So of course, this is, this is glitchless, mm-hmm. and um, for the benefit of of any listeners, I let me get this out of the way up front. You know, haha, how can you run a Bethesda RPG? You know, if Glitchless. I if I had,
1: <laughs> I'm not kidding. If I had like ten dollars for every time someone said that, I would probably put a lawn down in a house. I'm not kidding. Uh, it's, I mean, dude, it's easy, right? You just the glitch. We we define glitches as intentional. So as long as you're not intentionally using a glitch to speed up your run, you're fine, right? It is it, like it's. So I mean, may, you might accidentally do like a. What we call um a cover slide, where you pull out your gun uh l- like looking around a corner and then put it away and then pull it out later on, but we're not gonna unless it speeds up the run we're not gonna call it like a non glitchless run because it, it's just a group of rules to to for runners to go by if like if you do something accidental or like a character glitches through the floor, why should you lose your run it's you know it it's not that's not in the nature of the speedrun. right the nature of the yeah. speed run is to to use these rules to get a fast time and to have fun while you're doing it and you know to have a bit of competition it's not to scrutinize everything that takes place in the game
0: right i mean i i think you know obviously i you could tell from the way i asked yeah, that that i, I was exactly just sort of i was i was just sort of goading you into getting what, what is what is the i think the the correct answer just for anyone who doesn't run themselves is that when we have categories like this glitchless no major glitches etc you know the, the point is to define a rule set that is, is sort of interesting to uh, runners to to compete over, which is, you know, so, and also this avoids, you know, some of the things that, you know, you, Jabba, you had said earlier that you, you didn't want to deal with, uh, you know, zipping across the map, uh, things like that. Um, so I think a question I had, uh, normally, you know, again, I start with the question about, like, what's what's your favorite stuff? but I have to ask up front, uh, is the sea captain's hat, like, actually important to the run? No. No, okay. <laughs> it was it was
1: for a while. Uh, that was a really, so it became a meme of like a discussed strat because what happened was it gives endurance, but getting it loses time, right? Because you have to go out your way to pick it up. And we were just like, we I remember just sat there like, when did this get added to the run? What, is this even faster? Because I don't, we don't know. No one's timed it because it was just implemented. And then we found out that it's like five seconds slower some people still use it because i mean five seconds slower is nothing really when you think about it it's in an hour and a half run five seconds is five seconds you can afford to lose it but yeah it was it was it was interesting and now it just became like a just a meme really it's just a little joke that we have of like the sea captain's hat
0: now you had said that you had first played fallout 3 on on 360 yep. uh, before coming to it as a as a pc speed run uh is it a similar story with Fallout Four where you had first played that on console before coming to it as a PC speedrun? So
1: I if I remember correctly, I played Fallout Four on my Xbox One when I first got that, and what an awful console that is.
0: <laughs> I think I've still only seen like one in my life.
1: Yeah, I I got it because I was excited for Halo. I was bought into the whole, like, oh Halo's coming back. It really wasn't, let's be real. And uh but I got it anyways, and I mean, if I got a PS4, uh, 4, it probably wouldn't have been any different because I don't really play console games. I played Fallout 4 for like probably like six to seven hours, didn't really do much in the game on the console, and then put it down because at that point I was too busy streaming. I was too busy, like, I think it was Fallout 3 I was focusing on still, maybe a bit in New Vegas. So I didn't really, like, have an, an interest in Fallout 4. Uh, when did Fallout 4 come out, actually? I'm gonna look this up because I actually can't remember. Fallout 4 came out in twenty fifteen. So like Yeah, I was gonna say, okay,
0: yeah, twenty fifteen,
1: yeah, I yeah. was streaming uh after Fallout Four came out. So at this point when I I was done with Fallout Three in New Vegas, like Fallout Four was long out. Nobody was caring about it, really, as like a forefront speedrun uh kind of thing. So it was something that I'd watch. Like I remember watching Tomato uh do runs of it back in back in the day, you know. But like it was never something i really cared about or even like had on my mind because i had all of this content in front of me with new vegas and free and you know there's a difference in audience between the two you didn't want to intersect them too much so i was like i was just focusing on growing my audience first before like looking outwards um but Fallout four was a game i played my console i played it for a short while and then i just remembered like not being interested in it uh and i can't remember why i just i think it was just the fact that i felt like the, the base building was just too shoehorned in and then I played it on PC and I realized that the game was actually much better than I thought it was. I don't think it was the it was better than Free of New Vegas still. And I think that's a like a very similar pin, like opinion that everyone else has, but I don't think it was yeah. as bad as I originally thought it was. Uh and I actually grew to actually enjoy the game. And then I realized that the way the game's broken down, the second half of the game is so much better and you know, and I missed out on that. And then I was like, maybe I should actually think about speedrunning this. And then when I When I remember when I was like just one summer, I can't remember when it was. I just was like, tomato, can you teach me any percent? And then I learned any percent. And at the time, any percent was good. So it was enjoyable uh, for a short while. And then any percent went for its recent iterations and became what it is today.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. So so at that point, you're like, well, I I need something better to do. And, And I guess you picked up Glitchless then. Uh, For Fallout 4, I picked
1: up 80%. Yeah, Oh, yeah, when when I realized that, yeah, I picked up Glitchless. Uh, And Glitchless was surprisingly better. Like, again, I think it just fell into that, like, golden ratio of downtime, right? And I noticed that, like, not only was I having more fun, but my, you know, my metrics were better. My numbers were better. And I think it just comes down to the fact that, like, my audience just grows to the idea of, like, chatting, right? having fun just chilling and letting the speedrun become secondary content and glitchless provided that while any percent didn't
0: yeah i mean the the tricks that you're describing and and i think i've seen sometimes and any percent you know that's going to require your your focus uh and 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 a lot of stress in in the way that you know doesn't seem quite as uh, a big deal in in the glitchless category Uh, now i know in the glitchless route uh Institution is the is the ending that's chosen. Yep. I did want to ask, do you remember the first time playing through the game, what ending you picked? I was just very curious.
1: My actual first ending, um, I think it was Burrowed of Steel because I still like them from Fallout 3, and I was like, you know, this is the only faction I actually know about, really. So I picked Burrowed of Steel. Uh, then I played it through a second time, and it was... It was Minutemen, I never did Railroad because I never liked them and then I learned the speedrun for Fallout 4 fall Glitchless and then I did a casual Institute playthrough on the side and then I realized that I liked them the most but yeah So,
0: so why is Institute the fastest for Glitchless?
1: Uh, so because you have to go to the Institute to end the game you, Like the, the game has two acts it has the beginning act which is getting to the Institute and the second act which is picking uh, an ending Right, and in all of the speedruns, you have to get to the Institute. It's just getting to the Institute is so much slower. Uh, I wouldn't want to say slower, but, but like if you do brother of Steel, you have to do like more quests beforehand and it's the same with Minutemen, it's the same with Railroad, but ultimately not that much slower. But once you get to the Institute, like, you just pump out the quests, right? If you're side with the Institute it's just bang, 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 bang. End game. But if you're with brother Bur- of Steel, it's you have to get on like you have to persuade them and you have to go back to Brother Steel and then you got to like do all the setup stuff the Minutemen's is the worst because you have to do so much like base building and you have to like sort out settlements and again i don't know what the uh railroad ending is but i know that's really really slow uh but yeah to, to answer your question it's just primarily because uh getting to the institute is required and once you're already at the institute the institute ending is pretty much easy to get
0: now also you i think you mentioned this briefly but uh playing on the french language version is the fastest version do you feel like that's also conducive to what you're talking about in terms of it being sort of secondary background noise to the chatting and the streaming having it be in a different language i would say it helps because i mean if you've ever heard the french
1: language it's a lot of vowels so it could just be like ooh oh, ooh ooh, and you just let it play in the background but uh I don't think it really adds too much to it. <laughs> I just, I to me, it was just like you could make a few memes here and there with like the dialogue that they would say,
0: but uh, other than that, no, it was just French was and faster. I assume, yeah, I assume the reason is shorter. I mean, it's just because some dialogue lines are faster in in, in French. Yeah, I mean the French speak really fast so mm-hmm. yeah no it's, it's it's i feel like it's becoming more and more common i can already think off the top of my head like i think deus ex human evolution french is fastest control french is fastest so
1: yeah it's uh, so if you're doing the shorter categories like sex percent or like uh i think it's i think it's all companions i could be wrong you do that in german because the german opening dialogue is faster but uh
0: for anything else it's french man that must be do you so, when it comes to the determining that, is that a labor that you ever had any part in? Or is it like, did someone else like, how does, is it just people play the game and time the dialogue lines or is there another way that gets determined? I, no, I do. not know? <laughs> I was like, I've always wondered about that because, you know, I, I tend to only mess around in, in small communities and so I'm like, well, you know, maybe this one is shorter, but like, who wants to do the labor? Yeah, that's something I'd never do. Uh, that just
1: doesn't sound fun. <laughs> like... I don't think that sounds, like, enjoyable, right? Listening to so much dialogue and then you'd have to, like, time it all? Oh, no. No thanks. Like...
0: I mean, that's just... Shout out to the people who do the
1: work. Yeah, I mean, if you're willing to listen to that and find out that French is fast, that's, like, super cool. Uh, but it's also one of those things that if you never find it out, it doesn't really impact the speedrun. So, like, you know. Right. If everyone's playing in the same language, yeah. you know but then you also like you could have someone from France playing on french and then they're just like oh i got a sub 40 minute run and why I, are
0: the french runners so fast yeah
1: like i mean it's 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 possible and then and then maybe that's what happened and then somebody looked into it i don't i don't know
0: a question i had about a particular piece of tech um is the uh, it's i think at some points and i saw this in the rules too cuz yeah, i looked at the speedrun.com rules for for glitchless And it seemed like there was some language specifically regarding the situation about shooting people to skip dialogue. And I was wondering if you could talk about, like, why is that? I mean, I I don't necessarily... My first thought wouldn't be to consider it a glitch, you know? And so so it is permitted. Uh, How does it work? And also, like, you know, are you also on board of considering it not a glitch?
1: So this is a thing that comes down to a community, right? And it's more this difference between an exploit and a glitch, uh, to me, that's an exploit because the game gives you that mechanic to shoot. It gives you a person to talk to, and shooting them just skips the dialogue. It's not a glitch. It's like they have two voice, they have two voice packs, and they can only play one at a time. And if you shoot them, they have to go ow. So, you know, you're exploiting the game. You're not glitching it. But if you get into this discussion, on this is what I heard, is this discussion <laughs> can just go on for years with people because people are like, well, no, that's not exp- That's a that's a glitch. It's just rules, right? It's just the community comes to a decision. And if, if shooting someone isn't a glitch or if it is a glitch, uh, it doesn't really matter because everyone's following the rules and the runs are probably the same anyways, right? They're just time. Like, I mean, one might have more time in it than the others, but I wouldn't consider it a glitch. I would consider it like you're just exploiting the game's shooting mechanic and that's all you're doing. It's not, you know, glitching the game, you know, like, you are not like forcing the game to just spew out the dialogue and break. It's, to me, it's 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 a weird situation because you have to kind of defend it because people will jump down your throat if you say it's not. But I don't think it's a glitch. No.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No. I I think what you're saying makes sense. Which is, and it's also like honestly, seems like natural programming. Uh, you you can't scream in pain and talk at the same time. Yeah. You know, like that's that seems pretty normal behavior to me. Uh, so I can't really really complain too much about that one. Um now with with Fallout 4, uh is this something I mean you're this category or others that you have uh you know future plans to work on?
1: Um I plan on looking into survival glitchless just because uh it seems to me like uh it could be a bit more interesting, but I'm pretty much done with glitchless now. Uh moving forward, it's like it's like something I do I go to a category i i play with it for a while i enjoy it i don't enjoy it and then i move on uh i've had my time with glitches i'll probably go back to it at one point just to like you know for a couple of months maybe to mess around with it but uh my time primarily as, as as it stands right now is done with glitchless because right now i'm doing a survival permadev playthrough and i'm having so much fun with it and it's nice to do something a bit other than speedrunning for a while so I think I'm gonna incorporate that playthrough into a survival glitchless speedrun uh, once I'm done, and maybe just try and take that record.
0: No, that sounds really cool. I mean, honest, and I think what what you're saying too is almost sort of a natural transition because you're you're you know, you're in you're in the same game. You're doing a challenge run, and that you know, and if you really is, you're already enjoying the challenge run, and that could you know translate into you know further interest in other categories. So that seems pretty pretty natural all right well, let's start to wind down let's uh let's start to exit this uh, one of the things i like to do in this interview series is uh have some connective tissue uh to get a question from my previous guest for the next guest so uh <laughs> i had, my last guest was uh was it waifu dude, uh, who uh, had this hmm?
1: no i'm just saying waifu is a really cool dude me and him are like pretty much good friends uh and i saw that you had a a podcast with him i thought it was pretty sick
0: yeah, no, I uh, I was glad I was glad to get him. It's uh he was definitely a lot of fun to talk to, especially about a lot of um I mean of course I'm gonna plug my own podcast on my own podcast. Um <laughs> but uh he was you know, he, he had a lot of great things to say about his games and about, about streaming and stuff too. Yeah. Um and so he had this question uh for you. He didn't know he did he not didn't? know that okay, you were the next okay. I did not I don't tell people okay. who the next guest is gonna be. Okay. Uh but he gave this question. Uh, what do you think the importance of streaming is for speedrunning culture?
1: Uh, I think this is a very good question. Thanks, Waifu. I think sp- streaming has changed speedrunning, and speedrunning has changed streaming. Uh, Twitch. So I, I want to kind of brand this as Twitch because I think Twitch has like a separate culture to other streaming platforms, but Twitch has this crazy culture. Where everything intertwines, right? In one way or another, people like get together and they they like, you know, it it all just meshes together. And str- like speedrunning has always had a place on Twitch, whether that's just in TV or Twitch, it's always had a place, and it's always been this thing where where like the community has always thrived, right? It's always even back to like the uh, Siglemic and Necessarite days, like way back in 2012. It's always thrived. It's always had a good presence. And that's crazy to see. So I think streaming is super beneficial. I think having the live showcase of runs and the failures along the way is almost necessary for people to grasp how hard and how like tough speedrunning is and just what exactly people are doing when they stream hours and hours and hours on end just to save like two to three seconds. Because if you watched a YouTube video, you wouldn't really grasp it. You wouldn't you'd just be like, oh, I mean, this guy got a, you know, a one twelve twenty six. That's cool, but I, I mean, I didn't see the process. But if you're watching the live stream, you see the hours. I mean, you actually just see the person change as they're running because it's years, right? And you see the hours they invest. And it's, I think it's it's almost necessary for speedering because without it, it's you don't see the work put in.
0: No, I think that's a good point. I think uh, streaming the the real time nature of streaming and the uh, capacity for excess. Video video content uh, allows it allows it to be surfaced in a way that you know if we're just passing around VHS tapes of our best runs <laughs> you're not going to get that same picture. No,
1: but I mean if that's the case, you know, way back in the day when you did that, people kind of knew because you know you there would usually be friends that did it too. Whereas with streaming, it's like on a whole new level, right? You could get people that just aren't aware of what goes on and they just don't know and. To have them come in and actually experience that is, it's something else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think already the, you know, when, when I asked the question, how'd you learn about speed running on this podcast? You know, so often the answer is streams, particularly GDQ, but you know, that's, that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So that means that I do need from you a question uh, for my next guest. The question can be anything gaming, speedrunning related, can be silly. Obviously, Waifu gave you a very, you know, serious essay answer <laughs> question. But, you know, it it's, you know, can be as silly as mix two consoles to make a new console, uh, favorite soundtrack. Just some past examples of questions.
1: Okay, well, okay. I guess my question would be, um, if... You could go back in time and choose a game to speedrun, uh, you know, and stream on Twitch. What game would it be and what time would it be?
0: Okay, no, I'll, that's going to be a good one.
1: Because I feel like a lot of us, right, we, we've we experienced these games, but, like, you'd never really expect them to, like, be as crazy or as, like, super cool as they are. So, like, <clears throat> you might have been around for, like, when GTA five took off as a speedrun scene, but you may never thought, oh, that's a good, that's gonna be a really good speed game. So it's like, I, I, I want to get, I want to see what people's answers that is. It's kind of cool.
0: No, I, I can, I, I'm not gonna tell you who, but I, I am excited now. This, this is the great part of this is that I already know who the next person is. so I get to be like, ah, oh, yes, I get to. Can you throw me a question. bone, dude? Oh um, do I know the? Right, i right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna DM you it, but you can't say it. All right. Oh, you're gonna I'm break a rule. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break the rule. I'm gonna give this to you just okay. because you asked nicely. It's uh this this is this is the next person. So, ah
1: okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. So all right look
0: look that should be good. I'm very very curious about that one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, going into the future, you know, we're almost out of this podcast. Uh, what are I think you've already mentioned at least one uh, game or game DLC that you're interested in playing. Uh, what are you interested in playing uh, games that are coming out soon? Cyberpunk,
1: I feel like everybody's, that's, you know, everybody's on that. Cyberpunk is going to be probably one of the biggest releases that we're going to experience soon. Um, basically, anything Obsidian's working on, love their content. Anything Bethesda makes, huge fanboy, despite the fact that 76 was awful. I hate to say it, uh, you know, I'll, I'll gobble whatever they put out like it's, uh, like it's a meal. But, um, oh, I forgot what it was. Oh, Fable. The new Fable game. Oh coming yeah, out. new Fable. That was announced, and I like. I, there's a clip of me reacting to it, and I went nuts because I love Fable. Uh, that when that comes out, I'm gonna be playing that too.
0: Yeah, I'm really curious. You know, I never played Fable as a kid, but I, a few months back, I p- casually played uh, you know Fable TLC for the first time, and actually had a lot of fun with it. So have you played Fable um, too? I not yet.
1: Uh, you need a three sixty for it. Oh, an Xbox One,
0: but uh, I, I do. I do have a three sixty. Thanks. I, 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 you know, I. Thankfully, I'm able to get those consoles since it's not on PC for whatever reason. I know, uh, right? <laughs> so, like,
1: there's two games I want on PC, and it's Fable Two and Red Dead One. Please.
0: Oh yeah, Red Dead One. That would be and Blood Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh that's yeah. Free, well.
0: but that's it. Hopefully with time. We'll see. I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn came to PC, so we can, uh, we can, yeah. we
1: can dream. Didn't have a good release, did
0: it? Oh, you didn't? <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, oh, yeah, the release was not solid, but I don't know. I, I always I, The thing for me is, like, once it's on PC, you know, hopefully there's a lot that can be done to sort of massage stuff out, even, yeah. the, even if, you know, the original developer should have done that, but... Um, yeah, I
1: mean, it, when you port a game over, it's not as easy as just putting it on a disc and just saying PC, right? Yeah, yeah. So...
0: Where can people find you, uh, and also like what should they be looking forward from uh, from you? Um, so,
1: I'm not just primarily speedrun based. I like to again, my goal is to have fun, so I like to do things like challenge runs. I like to do things like casual content alongside speedrunning. So that's what people can expect if they you know were to check out my channel. But I, I stream on Twitch five days a week. I have a very strict schedule that I I'm really bad at sticking to. Uh, I collectively put out good good youtube content as in highlights that i pretty much made uh i'm also working on a new series that i'm going to be releasing soon not going to name what it is but it's i think it's a really fresh idea and i think it could be really cool i'll damn you by the way if you want if you you want it you Mm -hmm. want the scoop but um
0: (laughs) the the hot the hot scoop
1: yeah but yeah it's just search
0: i think it's it's jabber on on twitter and youtube and just jabber on uh twitch of course and I, and all those links will be provided below in the podcast description there'll be uh the links to you know Twitch Twitter YouTube for Jabo and also I'll I'll be linking uh, you know some of the, the the runs and recordings that I had discussed uh and you know and looked over before the interview. Uh Jabo, thank you so much for for giving me your time and all this lovely information.
1: Thanks dude. I I've really enjoyed this. It was it was good. I can uh I can suggest a few people t- that you can uh, maybe message about having on. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, you know, I, and this I'll I'll le- I'll leave this this in at the end uh, for you. Know, anyone who's who's listening, I always appreciate word of mouth recommendations. You know, uh, obviously, I I have you know thoughts and, f- and feelings I'm putting out there in terms of you know, reaching out to people for interviews. But you know, I always love hearing from folks about who they would like to see. Uh, and you interviewed, and yeah, I'm o- I'm always ready for that. So you know, if you, you want to DM me that later, uh, and if other people want to reach out to me on, you know, I- I'll also have my <laughs> you know Twitter and whatnot <laughs> yes. in the in the description. So you know, feel free to reach out to me there. But I do need one more thing from you uh-huh. before we end the recording. Uh, now to properly end it, I'm going to use a really cheesy, awkward catchphrase like uh, like let's boost on out of here, something like that. And when I do that. I need you to give me your best like rocket booster engine noise. Oh dude.
1: Okay, okay. You know what? Let's do it. Alright.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. right. Okay, folks, thank you so much for listening. Let's boost on out of (laughs) here.